Hey guys, coming up today on Sports Spectrum, KJ Wright, Super Bowl champion, former Seattle Seahawks Pro Bowl linebacker, played a decade with the Seahawks from 2011 to 2020. He was a fourth round pick out of Mississippi State, grew up in Olive Branch, Mississippi, small town Mississippi, grew up loving Jesus, still loves Jesus, and now he's retired. He retired after the 2021 season, and he has a show called KJ All Day with KJ Wright. He was a Pro Bowler in 2016, a second team All-Pro in 2015 and 2016 with Pro Football Focus, and it's been 10 years since his Seattle Seahawks, the Legion of Boom, won their first and only Super Bowl, Super Bowl 48 in 2013, 43-8. They dominated. When you talk about the Seahawks defense, dominated Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos that year. They were back in the Super Bowl the following year. They came up a little short. We talk about all of it, including K.J. Wright's trip to the Holy Land in Israel a year ago, a couple years ago, and how much that meant to him in growing in his faith in Jesus. It's K.J. Wright coming up in just a moment here on Sports Spectrum. First, I want to remind you about our Sports Spectrum magazine. You can find all of the details over at sportspectrum.com. I think it's an awesome ministry tool to use to help share the gospel with others. I think you'll just enjoy reading the stories that are in our magazine as well. We just had Dude Perfect on the cover of our winter 2023 edition. We're working on the spring 2024 edition right now. That's coming out soon, but we're excited about the Sports Spectrum magazine and believe it can be a real cool resource for you if you love sports, if you love Jesus. It's faith-filled, it's family-friendly, it's clean sports content, it's perfect for the kids, and it's very affordable for our quarterly magazine. You can go to sportspectrum.com right now and subscribe. When you do, we want to give you a bonus, 15% off, a one-year subscription to the magazine. When you subscribe and you check out at sportspectrum.com, put in the code PODCAST15, PODCAST15, and you can save 15% off a one-year subscription to the Sports Spectrum magazine. Subscribe today over at sportspectrum.com. It's always great when you can have a Super Bowl champion join us here on Sports Spectrum, and that's what K.J. Wright is, longtime Seattle Seahawks Pro Bowl linebacker, now host of the K.J. All Day Show. You can watch it on YouTube. I love watching it on YouTube. He is K.J. Wright. What's up, buddy? How are you? Jason, thank you for being a fan of the show. Uh, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on here. I'm super excited to talk about my journey and truly appreciate you. Yeah, man, this is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk football, certainly, but really what we want to talk about, the most important thing we want to talk about is faith in Christ. Tell me about Jesus in your life. Let's start there. Ooh, Jesus is everything in my life. It started, I was first introduced with Jesus when I came out the womb. I'm from um, the state of Mississippi, and we know where that Bible belt runs through. And so you have no choice but to love the Lord and to serve the Lord. And so um, I'm just super thankful that my family had me rooted in Christ. Uh, my grandma, Lovey Wright, is the she's the Christ warrior in our family. She had had us reading all the Bible stories. She was our preacher growing up, and um, we knew the Bible like the back of our hands. And um, we like like the Bible says, train a child in the way they should go, and they would never depart. That's um, I'm 34 years old, and my my faith is still stronger than ever. And so I'm just thankful that um, I'm rooted in the Spirit, 
I had the opportunity to go to Israel this last year yeah. to see where Jesus, you know, hometown is. And just to, when you talk about feeling the spirit, when you talk about him just running through your body, it's, it's no feeling that I've ever felt in my life. And um, it's a mission of mine to take my entire family to Israel to witness that and to experience that. And so I'm um, just super thankful. Yeah, I had that as one of my questions. I want to talk about that trip. Tell us about what transpired for the trip to even happen. And then I want to hear about some of the cool things that you got to witness. <laughs> they asked me, they say, hey, Christina, I don't know if you, you know, Christina. Yeah, Christina asked her, hey, a group of guys are going to Israel. And I said, to where? Israel? And um, by all means, yes, I I would like to go. <laughs> Just tell me the time and date and I'm there. And um, to experience that moment with my NFL brothers, with former players, current players, um, guys that had to be at the top of their game since high school to really just be locked arms with them, to experience God, to get baptized in the Jordan River, to mm. um, go to the Jesus resurrection site, to go where Moses gave the Sermon on the Mount, to, um, to all of that, to all of that. And hands down, my favorite part without question was the Jordan River. Just um, the water was freezing, by the way. It was raining. And you know, you know, it's crazy. It re when I got baptized last year in the Jordan River, it reminded me of the first time I got baptized in Olive Branch, Mississippi. The water was cold. I was like, ah, come on, what's going on here? But um, when when I did go under that water and came up and I looked, you know, I just looked in the sky and just said, thank you, Lord. I'm really right now. I'm really and truly dedicating my life to you. When I was a kid, I just did it because my cousin did it. And I just want to be cool like my big cousin. But when at 33 years old, that's when I knew what I was doing. I knew why I was doing it. And I know from here on out, my life is for you. That's interesting, too, because that was a, a really poignant year for you, 2022, because that's the year you retired. Did going to Israel maybe set your focus, uh, I don't know, reset your focus maybe to get you your mind in tune with God in a way that helped you make that decision and begin to transition out of the game? Did any of that correlate together? Let me tell you, that entire trip, I was boohoo crying the whole time because at that time I hadn't retired yet. I didn't retire at that time, but something in my spirit was telling me, KJ, it's it's coming to an end. Like it's it's time for you to hang up the cleats. And I was confiding in my brothers. I was confiding in how I was feeling, what is about to come. This is a season that I've never experienced. And, you know, I've been playing football since middle school. And here I am. I knew I was about to go into a new season. And it was scary. It was scary. I've, I've always had this security blanket. I've always had a job. I've always done something I love my entire adulthood life. And um, I knew that the only way that I could go into it with confidence is if I knew that my identity is not rooted in putting this helmet on. It's not in, in with this Seahawks logo on the side of my head or on my chest. My identity is forever in Christ. And with him, I can do all things. And so it was terrifying, it was scary, but to be with them during that moment, they were my big support system. No doubt. We're going to talk a little bit about transitioning out of the game a little bit more in a, in a while here, but I want to kind of go back. You mentioned identity being rooted in Christ, and that's, a, I think, a common theme with athletes when we talk to them is saying that, but actually living that out, especially when you mm. first become a professional. 
What was it like when you entered the league in 2011? Obviously growing up in a Christian home, but still the NFL can swallow you up if you're not careful. What was that like to be uh, an NFL player, acclimate yourself professionally, and still stay rooted in Christ? Well, I'm going to be honest. I'll be transparent. I had some money in my pocket. Um, I was on my own. I had an offseason. I was big man on campus when I went back home. So I stunned a little bit. I flaunted a little bit. I was boasting. <laughs> and, uh, sure. You know, I was young. But um, thank God that I found my wife uh, <laughs> like two years later. And uh, that's when I was like, okay, settle down, you know. Leave all that nonsense alone. <laughs> and uh, a man that finds a wife finds a really good thing. But when I first got into the league, I'm just going to be transparent. Um, I got caught up in the lifestyle, let's just say that. But um, found my wife and been married six years. It's six years. It's six years now. And um, beautiful children. And um super thankful for that. Yeah. And it's interesting you say that. And that's thank you for being transparent. But I think any NFL player who's a follower of Christ that I've talked to will tell you, even when you find your wife and you kind of get your head, you know, if you want to say screwed on right, right, or you get your heart right is really what it's about. There's still challenges. There's still temptations. And with success often breeds that temptation. You had a lot of success. I mean, from 2012 to 2000, you can keep going all the way to 18, 19. The Seahawks were a staple in the playoffs and obviously two Super Bowls in 2013. You win it. 2014, you're back there. What was yeah. the success factor like as you started to grow as a follower of Christ? And also because you had some guys on your team that were very devout believers as well. And I have to imagine that helped too. Absolutely. So you look at me. I'm young. Um, got drafted. Got a Super Bowl in my third year in the NFL. Got a new contract my fourth year in the NFL. And um, so you're telling me wins, 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 wins. And when that comes, I'm telling you, there's so many, there's so many leeches that come and want to just grasp on to you. There's so many women that throw themselves at you. So many money-hungry people that throw themselves at you. Mm. And for me, it was quite simple. I knew what was important to me. I knew what I wanted. I knew that um, it's not about this five minutes of pleasure with this person, you have something special. And in a heartbeat, one dumb choice, it could be gone. Kids gone, wife gone, money gone. It's never worth it. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's, it, it is never worth it. And so I'm just thankful that, like I just said, um, had my head on right, had my, you know, screwed on right. And um, when you love your wife, when you love your children, you put them first. You don't put yourself first. You you put them first. And um, my mom always told me growing up, she said, son, I always look at the big picture. Just She said, look at the big picture. And once you think like, okay, let me look, really look at the whole picture, then I really believe you can really focus on your decision making and it becomes real simple. Who are some of the people that helped you along with that as an NFL player, like in the Seahawks organization? Who are some of the guys whether it's teammates or chaplains or whoever that were really helped you grow as a man of God. Ken Norton Jr. is is number one. So Ken Norton Jr., I don't know if you know, you know him, you're a Cowboys fan. I, yeah. I am. <laughs> I remember him very well in the 90s yeah. as a kid watching the Cowboys, for sure. He, he's a legend and just, just had me rooted in just, he's a family man as well, has three kids, always had me over for Thanksgiving, um, always had me over for Christmas, and I watched 
how he treated his wife. I watched how he was with his kids. He preached to me about the same stuff that I'm saying, um, about making the right decisions. And so he was my go-to guy. Whenever I needed anything, anyone to vent to, anyone to talk to, he was my guy. And um, my awesome. chaplain, um, Jonathan Rainey, um, he's a Seahawks chaplain now. But it's funny, I actually met him in high school when I took a visit to Ole Miss. And I came to Seattle. I'm like, hey, don't I know you from somewhere? And he was like, yeah, I met you years ago and um, when you was a high school is coming out. And so he was my um, officiant. Is that the person that marries you, officiant? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, whatever, well, the person that marries you. He was the one that, that married my wife and I. He was our marriage counselor. And the tips that he gave me was just life-changing. The way that he dug deep with my personality, with my psyche, why I think the way I think, why my wife thinks the way we think, we just grew so much closer. And he just gave us so many tools because you need tools to be married. Uh, he gave us so many tools to have this lifelong journey that we're about to embark on. That's awesome. You definitely need tools, KJ. I will agree with that. I mean, I'm I'm on 24 years and I, I've had to keep going to the toolbox and either <laughs> either reuse some tools or get some new tools, if you know what I mean, uh, to make it this long. And I'll tell you, my favorite thing that he taught us is in the midst of conflict, right? In the midst of conflict, what is the setting that you and your, that your wife and I, that your wife, you and your wife are, you know, talking? He said, don't talk in the bed. He's like, don't talk in passing. Um, don't talk on the phone. He said, talk face to face at the kitchen table and you're directly across from your wife. So y'all looking at each other. You guys are calm. You speak. She speaks. There's no talking over people and you guys find balance in whatever thing that you're going through. No compromising. He said, there's no compromising. You guys find balance. So both of you are just winning in this situation. Game changer for me. And I, I share that with everyone. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great tool. Uh, and yeah. I, I hope people listening can can add that in. I know for me, that's been huge as well, just to make sure that you're not distracted. You're not talking in, in the wrong places. You are directly having communication with your with your spouse. That's good Amen. stuff there, KJ, right? Um, let me ask you, because Super Bowl 58 is coming up. It's really hard to, to believe that it's almost here in Vegas and it's been 10 years, 10 years since Super Bowl 48, MetLife Stadium. I was there covering it for ESPN in New Jersey. It was cold. It was outdoors, 43 to 8. The Seahawks defense, <laughs> you know, did their thing against Peyton Manning. Can you believe that it's been 10 years since y'all won that Super Bowl? It went by so fast, so fast. I mean, I, I remember... I remember the entire week. I remember the entire moment. I remember that NFC championship where Richard Sherman tipped that pass and we got the interception to go to the Super Bowl. I remember watching film with Bobby saying, hey, bro, there's no reason why this game should be close. I said, this game doesn't have to be close. I remember telling Bobby that. And when I stepped on that football field, it was so surreal for me because I almost didn't play in that game. You know, a lot mm. of people don't a lot of people don't know that. But I broke my foot week 14 of the regular season when we played the San Francisco 49ers. And um, I went to the general manager. I said, please, I'm begging you, please don't put me on injury reserve. Because, you know, once you go on the IR, your season is done. Yeah. <laughs> said, I'm going to fight back. I promise I'll be ready if we make the Super Bowl. And uh, lo and behold, I played like five plays in the NFC Championship. But to be a starting linebacker in the NFL on a Super Bowl team, 
it just took me back to my childhood. Like, this is why you did what you did. All those times at grandma's house, um, all those injuries you went through, playing through pain, um, the anxiety you faced as an athlete, um, this is why you did it. And so just the hands down the best football moment. No, the second best football moment of my life was winning the Super Bowl. And um, I loved it. Okay, so you just set me up. The what is the best football <laughs> moment of your life? <laughs> just go slam dunk that question. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Alley oop. I took it and I threw it down. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> the best football moment that I ever had in my life was when I signed my one day contract to retire as a Seattle Seahawks. Um, my last year I played with the Las Vegas Raiders and that season ended and I called John Snyder, the general manager again. I said, Hey John, I don't want to retire. I want to come back, but the only place I want to play is in Seattle because my last year I went to Vegas. I was by myself and didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it. He said, ah, KJ, we love you. We like you, but it's not happening. I said, okay, man, can I at least get a one day contract? And he said, by all means. And so for me to bottle up 20 years of organized football, had my family there, had my coaches there, had my teammates there, athletic trainers, equipment managers, like so many people poured into KJ, right? And people just see the big plays on the football field. They see the tackles, the interceptions. But the, what I wanted to convey to those people is that there's no way I'm standing up here without you guys. And so thank you for investing in me. Thank you for believing in me. Thank you for trusting me. And um, when I got on that podium and had my 30-minute press conference, that's all I wanted to convey with people was um, I'm, not, I'm nothing without y'all. And so another boo-hoo crying moment for me when I was doing <laughs> that. But um, it was truly you know, my best football moment. Yeah, I went back and watched your your press conference and you were so emotional. That was actually one of the questions I want to ask about why you were emotional. You just kind of conveyed it. But is that the most emotional you've ever, the most emotion maybe that you felt in regards to football just because of everything that you just described? I was saying goodbye. I was yeah. saying goodbye to something I love dearly. Um, I pour so much into it from film study to time away from my family, from getting um, Tordal injections, from broken bones to, you know, long trips. Like, it's just so much that I poured into the game. And to say goodbye to that, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. You, you, I knew it was coming, but until you sign them that dotted line, until you get in front of those people, and it, that's, that's when it really hits you. Like, it's no more. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the adjustment from being a current player to a former player. It's still only been a couple of years. What was that adjustment like for you going to a former player and becoming an ex-player in that first season of not getting ready for a season? What was that adjustment like? <laughs> it's funny because the first five to six months is what I call the honeymoon phase. <laughs> you're free you made it you got some money saved up you're healthy life is good and then it just hits you like okay now what am I about to do like what's really going on I don't have a job I don't have friends I get to see every day and it's not fun it's it's really not fun and it's not that you miss football per se 
you just miss the things you did surrounding football. Yeah. Right. I miss I miss my boys. Like I saw my friends every day, seven days out of the week. I was with my friends having fun, doing what we do. Now I'm at home, you know, being a drama kid to school, come home, do chores. That's <laughs> that's not <laughs> much <fun>. different. <laughs> that's different. It's, it, I love love my kids. love taking care of my house, but it's different. And, 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 and so that that really hit me hard. Um, but thankfully that. Coach Carroll, who's awesome, is like, man, whenever you need to come, like, come. Come to practice. Come to meetings. And so I started doing that once a week now. And um, it's been really, really beneficial for my health because I'm a football junkie. I just got to be around it. I watch it all the time. And just to be around like-minded individuals is it, really beneficial for me. I just miss the competition. You know what I mean? I get it. I, miss, I get it. I miss it. the competition. I miss the stimulation. Um, but yeah, the, the competition, the stimulation is the two biggest pillars that I miss with football. Yeah. And there's really no other way to re replicate that. That's it. Like, it's just so unique to be a football player. Where else can you replicate that? I mean, you and I could go play, you know, could go bowling or go, you know, play darts or something yeah. and we might be competitive, but that's not replicating what you walk through for a decade. Yep. And, and now I'm doing media, um, got my own podcast, as you mentioned, I do radio, and um, that's not even that's not even close enough because you're talking about the game. You're talking about people a lot. I don't want to go around talking about people. I want to be a part of a team. I want to be a part of something special. I want to build something. That's that's my DNA. That's my personality It's helping people achieve their goals. Me seeing a mission and accomplishing the mission. And so that's what I miss. And I'm going to get back to it one day. But right now, I'm <laughs> No doubt. No doubt. Well, yeah, I watch you on your show. Like I said, KJ all day. It's on YouTube and you're really good at this broadcasting thing, breaking down film, you're giving good analysis. As you think about broadcasting, I'm curious, a good mentor of mine, his name is Jerry Madelon. I don't know if you know Jerry, G-Matt. G-Matt. Everybody yes. knows G-Matt. Everybody knows G-Matt. I'm not surprised that you know him, but G-Matt once told me when you're talking to a player about being a great analyst, the key is to criticize the performance and not the performer, because if it gets personal, look out. I've watched your stuff, and I think you do a really good job where you're you're analyzing and criticizing their performance, but you're not making it personal. How has this broadcasting thing been for you that you've been doing this? And I tried to do exactly that, but let me tell you, Jason, anytime you talk about a guy, <laughs> they take it personal. I've had I, I've actually had some falling outs with some teammates over what I've said. Yeah. And it's never I'm trying to tear you down. It's not that I'm trying to destroy you. I call it how I see it. If OTAs is going on and you're not there, yes, I have a problem with guys not going to OTAs. I, I have beef with that. And so I'm going to say how, how I feel. If you get upset, I'm going to apologize. I, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings, but this is how I saw it. And so I've had, had some hard conversations with guys, but I'm realizing that's what comes with the territory. Well, what were you like when you were playing and guys were watching a play that you made and criticized you? Were you, <laughs> do you see the other side of it now? Like as a broadcaster where guys are, you know, getting upset a little bit. Yeah. And, and, and I know some guys, if they see something that someone says about them on Twitter, they see someone, they see something about ESPN, they're DMing the guy. They're calling the guy. They're hitting them up like, who are you talking about? What are you talking to? 
I saw that stuff, I received it, I internalized it, and I made sure that they would never speak ill will about my name again. That's that's how I took it. If you want to talk trash about me, I got another Sunday next week to prove myself. That's how I looked at it. And so um, if KJ sucked on this play, if he got beat by a tight end, this next game will be laser focused, and I won't make sure um, that won't happen. And so I never went after people after they spoke about me, um, after they said something about my name. This is your job. I get it. I don't like hearing about it. I want to make make sure I do everything possible that you don't speak ill will about me again. Yeah, you you control what you can control, which is your performance on the field, and then let everything else take take shape there. Um, because we're so close to the Super Bowl, I did want to ask you. I didn't want to talk about the game because I'm sure that's not the thing that a Seahawks fan or a player playing in that game against the Patriots wants to rehash. But I will say this: because you played in two really emotional games, I'll say one where you dominated and one where you probably outplayed the other team. It just didn't end the way you wanted it to. Which experience sticks out or sticks with you more? The win in the Super Bowl or the one that you didn't win? The one I didn't win. Super Bowl 49, New England Patriots versus Seattle Seahawks. The infamous decision to go for it on the one-yard line versus hand it off to Marshawn. We decided to throw the ball. Um, people talk more so about my second Super Bowl than they do my first Super Bowl. And it's in the fashion that we lost it. If we would have ran the ball four straight times, dang, you guys went for it. You weren't the better team. But when you have that big question that to this day hasn't been answered, that's that's the hard part. That's the sucky part about um, that experience. And I tell you, Jason, when that moment happened, you talk about guys not trusting one another, guys um, pointing the finger at one another, like a dark gray cloud just hovering over um, the facility. That's what that experience was like. It, it stayed there for years. It stayed there for years. And guys had to leave. If you if you had this bad juju in you, if you're still holding on to this in your spirit, you got to go. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, it, everything just crumbled after that. Like the, the dynasty that we're trying to build, it, it just crumbled right then and there. So a um, very, very unfortunate decision and a way to lose the Super Bowl. But there's got to be a lesson in it, right? I mean, there's lessons in the losses in, in faith. There's lessons when we go through hardship. What's the lesson that you can take away, the positive lesson, if you will, from going through that experience? The, the positive that you could take from it is you got to learn. You got to learn from your mistakes. You got to learn from your decisions. And in the future, if, if you know the good Lord presents you with another opportunity, keep simple, simple. Make, just just make the simple choice. Yeah. But we, we didn't, in that moment, we didn't handle it well. We didn't know how to handle it. We didn't know how to see the positive and um, losing that way. We, we couldn't even see it like that. But now you take time. It's been nine, going on 10 years. Um, you know, if you are put in that situation again, who, you know, that's a goal of mine to win another Super Bowl, then just, just, just make the right choice. Don't try to, you know, there's all these speculations, right? Oh, let's make this person an MVP. Let's, you know, him be the hero. Forget all that, man. We, we're all heroes and we're all MVPs. I, don't get me started. 
I didn't mean to bring this up, man, in, in, no, in such good. a such a way that's getting you fired up, but I totally get it. You walk through that and just the blood, sweat, and tears that go through a whole season. I mean, I just, you know, talking to guys and then you watch a hard knocks or anything like that, and you see what guys go through just to get on the field every week and to win and then to have that be the ending is it's hard, man. I can totally understand it. But like you said, there is lessons from that and uh and that's good. And uh, there'll be a story on the other end of this somewhere yes. that you can share uh, and encourage someone else. I'm sure no, you're not going to be the first that's ever lost a, to- a close game in, in a manner like that. Um, let me let me spin it positive to close it out here. Um, the Right Way Foundation. I know that's near and dear to your heart. I want you to tell everybody about the Right Way Foundation and kind of the motive behind it. I know that your faith has a lot to do with why you started this foundation as well. Yeah, so if you know KJ Wright, you know that I love my community, um, the city of Olive Branch, the city of Seattle. You know that I love kids and just to pour in people, to invest in people. And uh, speaking of investing, the pillar of my foundation is financial literacy when it comes to youth. And I don't care how old you are, 10, 20, 50, 60. Finances is something that we can all do better at, right? It's something that you can't know enough about. And for me, uh, my mom, she gave me a few gems growing up. Save your money for a rainy day. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. But kids, a lot of people don't have that person teaching them about money, what to do with your check, how real estate is so powerful, compound interest. And so I go every week to the Boys and Girls Club. I partner with Chase, and we teach finances to ninth graders to 12th graders. And um, it's been a big game changer. They just presented um, to their families this past week. And so um, I love it. I'm just getting started and just want to grow from here. That's awesome. I mean, that should be required classes in all schools is teaching sure. on finances. So I love that you're doing what you're doing, man. And and why they don't is beyond me. It's like, <laughs> how, why are you teaching about uh, the Pythagorean, Pythagorean theory versus teaching someone how to use a credit card? I so true. I don't get it. So I know, man. If they want to do it, I'll do it. No, and I love that your heart is to do that, and that's awesome. It's the Right Way Foundation. People can look it up online, and if they want to donate or whatever, be a part of it, they can do that. Uh, last question for you. This has been a lot of fun talking to you, especially this time of year with the playoffs, the Super Bowl. Tell me what God is teaching you right now. What's he showing you right now, today, when you think about the season of life you're in, having been removed now a couple seasons from the league, uh, still getting that itch to compete, but still wanting to grow in your faith. What's the Lord kind of teaching you right now? The Lord's teaching me to be still. The Lord actually told me that. He, 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 mm. I haven't heard his voice too many times, but the Lord told me to be still. See where I want to take you, KJ. Follow me and I'll lead you to where I want to take you. Right When I first retired, I put together a resume. I want to do this, I want to do that, and I turned it into the Seahawks. But um, he told me, chill, I got you. You're, you're in good hands. And so um, I'm just thankful that I listened. I'm thankful that I took time to be with my family. And um, he's teaching me the power of patience. And um, good things are in store for you. Yeah, I'm guessing you felt that most when you were in Israel, too. Because you can't, you can't rush a trip like that. And so I'm guessing mm-hmm. you felt still there. Yes. Yeah, so anyone that... You don't even have to be a believer. You don't even have to be a believer. But it's, if you for sure are a believer, I say that everyone, save up, save your money, go to Jerusalem, 
go to Bethlehem, go to Nazareth, because um everything you read in the Bible, it literally everything where where David slayed Goliath, everything is right there in Israel. And so um I suggest everyone goes. I'm going back once once things settle down there, because um yeah. it's tr quite the experience. Yeah, it's on my bucket list too. Someday I definitely want to go, my friend. Um, this has been fantastic. Great to talk to you. Great to connect with you. Hopefully we'll do it again soon. And I just really appreciate you, KJ Wright. Thanks for joining us on Sports Spectrum. Thank you so much for having me. I truly enjoyed it. Appreciate it. And many thanks to KJ Wright, longtime Seattle Seahawk Pro Bowl linebacker and Super Bowl champion for coming on Sports Spectrum today. And how about 10 years, 10 years since he won that Super Bowl in 2013, I can't believe that's 10 years ago. And really, it was February of 2014 when he and his Seattle Seahawks took care of Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos 43-8. to And it's coming up on 10 years when you talk about the next Super Bowl, Super Bowl 49, when they lost to the Patriots. And it's amazing to listen to him talk about it and understand that he's still not happy about it. Still wants another Super Bowl somehow, someway, maybe as a coach because he had that Super Bowl. He and his team had that Super Bowl, and the Patriots kind of ripped it ripped it right out from them. Um, one of the crazier Super Bowl games you'll ever watch in Super Bowl 49, but we're not going to talk about that too much. I'm just excited that the Super Bowl is here. Super Bowl 58 is coming up in a few weeks, and we're going to be in Vegas next week, and we're just excited that it's this time of year. Sports Spectrum is always blessed to be able to go to the Super Bowl the content that we get when we're there is just, it's really a blessing. That's all I can say. We get to ask these athletes and coaches about Jesus in their life. Nobody else is doing that. And uh, we're just grateful, to be honest with you. So keep tuned to Sports Spectrum's podcast. Keep tuned to SportsSpectrum.com, our website. Tons of content coming your way. Super Bowl week from Las Vegas with Sports Spectrum. Thanks for tuning in today on the show. We love you guys. We're so glad that you tuned in. Again, sportsspectrum.com is the home base. And for this podcast, please make sure if you like what you heard that you click that subscribe or follow button on whatever app you're listening to this podcast on. I like to listen to my podcast on Spotify. I also have the Apple Podcast app downloaded on my phone and the Amazon app. I like to kind of mix through and try a few different things and Whatever app that I'm listening on, I always try to click that follow or subscribe button so that I don't miss any more episodes when they're dropped. And we're dropping a bunch, especially Super Bowl week coming up. We're going to be dropping a bunch of brand new conversations from Las Vegas. So make sure you subscribe. Make sure you follow so that you don't miss any conversations here on Sports Spectrum, the intersection of sports and faith. We love you guys. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you next time here on the show.